This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, all right. This is No Cab with Night God. Um, in spite of my recent banning from TikTok, um, to me it was a wrongful ban. I'm working on getting my account back. If anybody knows of any avenue or way of getting it back or knows somebody that knows somebody that uh, maybe works at TikTok, um, any help would be greatly appreciated. Um, I guess I'll go through and kind of explain why or what happened um, that led to the ban. So uh, my first community guidelines violations are the the charade of them, I guess, started in uh, early July, right after the 4th. I literally just shot off a firework uh, in my backyard. Man, I had been watching... Uh, firework videos on TikTok all the fourth. Um, and one of them, they were shooting uh, Roman candles at each other. Um, but they flagged me on mine, who was, which was just a regular, you know, shoot off the ground and go boom, uh, firework for dangerous uh, activity. So, okay, kind of tried it uh, lightly and... Uh, I thought I was fine. I posted a couple videos on the Buseji Mountain Secrets, um, the caverns within the Buseji Mountains that were discovered in the, by the Pentagon in 2002. Um, started talking about that and the tunnels leading to it, the energy shields and all the um, holographic images and stuff presented. And then... Uh, started sharing the source on the post because a lot of people had been complaining, no source, no proof. It's fake. It's not true. So I was like, well, you know, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, I'll not, can't imagine they're going to steal my content, you know, and, and really do much with it. So I just started posting it to see what people would say, how they'd react. Um, so I started commenting the source hidden from humanity.com. And I did that probably four or five times and eventually um, got a notification from TikTok violating the comment, uh, which was hidden from humanity.com. That was literally it. That was the only comment uh, that I made on that particular, the only thing I said in that particular comment. Um, so they violated that, uh, which was kind of weird to me. You know, why violate it if it's not true anyway? I mean, if it's just a fairy tale, well, what's the big deal? Um, so that kind of gave me the thought that maybe there's a little more truth to it than I realized. So they violated me for that. And then not even probably a week later, maybe three or four days later, I shared and duetted a video, the one that was going around viral 
of the two girls on a bench swing, kind of swinging over the side of a deep or a steep hill, maybe, you know, or a mountain if you'd, it wasn't quite a mountain though, it was a hill, but it was really steep. And uh, the chain broke and they flew over the side of it. So I guess maybe, I mean, the, the, the video that I duetted was a stitch by a whole nother creator. So at the end of the day, I don't understand why I got violated for graphic and, you know, um, dangerous content. I don't know. It was graphic, supposedly. Uh, I got violated. The original guy who stitched the video did not miraculously and is still creating today. So after that, they sent me a notification stating that I couldn't post for 24 hours. And there was something telling me at that moment that I should delete my account. I imagine that being, I, the reason I say that is because I imagine that being some sort of defense to actually getting banned. How can they ban a deleted, deleted account? Um, it just sucks because if I delete my account, then I got to reinstate myself in the creator fund and reinstate myself in the creator marketplace. But really, I mean, and they have to approve it. So they don't like when you delete your account. Um, in the beginning, when I first started creating, I would delete it all the time and reset the the um, algorithm so I could get a fresh set of eyes. Or like if I was getting maybe minorly shadow banned, it would reset the shadow ban. Um, but yeah, as a creator now, I delete my account. It can reinstate as long as I re-log in within 30 days. I wish I would have tried that. Um, next time I may because I had a feeling. But, I mean, when they give you a 24-hour ban of posting on some just straight up, just, just out, of this, out of left field violations, I didn't think they would just, you know, I, I think I literally went like like took a shower or something and came back out and, Looked at my phone, and I was banned. So, I don't know. It's stressful. It sucks because it's, you know, it's um, my main avenue of traffic. Uh, that's how I like get a lot of my uh, subscribers on YouTube. Um, you know, I guess it's just the name of the game on the content I'm sharing. I don't know. It's it's rough though because you know you you know I had 1.7 million followers, put a lot of work and time into it for it just to be ripped out of my hands in a matter of seconds. Uh, but I've been hearing and reading, doing some reading online that they're having an issue with um, spam reporting going on uh, or bots that got out of hand and started spam reporting because I truly don't believe I was banned by an individual. For some reason, it did not feel as though I was banned by an individual. Uh, it just felt very generic. And as soon as I reported or appealed my decision or appealed their decision, um, I wrote a long letter explaining what was going on. Uh, as soon as I did that, I mean, it wasn't 30 seconds later that uh I got a decision on that appeal. Like they didn't even read it. So it almost tells me that maybe it was a bot because a bot would be able to read it in a matter of seconds. Um, but what do you say to a bot that's going to be any type of, you know, emotion involved or in it, you know, any type of intellect or feeling 
they're just going to look for trigger words and then ban you. Uh, what type of trigger words? I'd have no idea what you'd say to a bot that would not get you banned. I also think it's maybe a way of just slowing down creators that are going, you know, hella viral at the time. And I don't know. That, I mean, they just did the same thing to Joe Gillespie. He got banned for less than, I mean, I remember watching his account uh, maybe five days. And he eventually got it back. And when he got it back, he wasn't getting shit for views. Because obviously when people go to your account and they see you've been banned, they quit going back to your account. Um, So it's rough. I'm going to keep my head down, uh, keep chugging as long as I can. Uh, it's just hard when, you know, on tick or on YouTube, I only got 5,000 subscribers and Instagram. I only got two. So I don't know. Hopefully maybe my YouTube can make moves and, and, or my podcast. I'd really love it if my podcast would take off. Uh, I'd kill for at least a thousand views on one uh, podcast. And I was heading then that, uh, that what's demoralizing is I was heading in that direction. I felt a new vibe, if you will, on, uh, on TikTok that I was getting to the next level. Um, I was starting to feel like, yeah, I was kind of um, excelling and excelling fast, you know. Um, so, and obviously the type of content I share, uh, they aren't super fond of but i mean mostly most people don't believe the shit anyway you know so if you do you're a quack i mean what the hell you know that's what they treat you so what the hell does it matter i mean i don't know i don't know so but either way i'm gonna i'm gonna keep sharing i don't give a shit um i don't i mean at the end of the day it's a story uh whether you deem it true or not it's up to you. Um, I feel it is. I feel it is. And honestly, I was uh, going through some, uh, talking to a fan or a buddy anyway uh, about this. And he started talking about some other stuff kind of on the same plane. He's actually an older gentleman and started talking about um, – I'll explain later the Bible and I'm not usually a, a, a Bible guy, but I sat there and listened to him for a while. And I thought, you know, a couple things triggered and maybe later on I'll decide to share that because a lot of people, they don't want to hear the Bible. They don't want to hear anything about it. Uh, when I talk, uh, when I talk about it, I'm going to be talking about it in a historical context, not trying to preach or trying to, sway anybody to believe just uh wildly interesting some of the stuff he said and how it pertains to these stories here so maybe when i come to that i'll explain it a little better and see what you guys think uh, i don't want to scare anybody off though because i'm not i'm not trying to be a preacher we're trying to bible push the Bible in any way, shape, or form. But as far as a historical text goes, the Bible is more accurate than people give it credit for. And 
it honestly blew my mind uh, what this old man was talking about. And he was, he's a, he's pretty knowledgeable of the Bible. And he was talking about a place in the Bible that sounded just insanely like uh, some of these caverns or projection rooms sounded like. And the coincidences seem to be too real to, to ignore, you know? So it kind of blew my mind for sure. And I don't really know what to think of it quite yet. I need to do a little more research on exactly what the Bible states this place is. But I put two and two together and it absolutely blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. It uh, it just clicked all at once, and I was like, oh, my God, this is insane. Uh, but a lot of people don't want to hear it or don't believe in it. So it's a tough it's a tough line to tread. And truth be told, even the people that believe in it would really have a hard time with what I found out or figured out um, on my own kind of, and I mean, obviously with these texts and, you know, it was like, it was just this order of events that it fell into place. And all of a sudden I was just like, bing, light went on and holy shit, you know? So, uh, I really want to share it with you guys, but I can't yet, but I am going to share and continue to read this document that I got uh, the hidden from humanity.com document. So like so far we had found out the Pentagon used ground penetrating radar to discover these massive caverns into uh, this one massive cavern in the Vuceji mountains. And they had actually seen one in Iraq underground near Baghdad. And I had actually heard that Saddam Hussein was actually very close to discovering that excuse me, particular cavern and a possible reason for the U.S. going to Baghdad had a little to do with this, not just oil. So go figure, you know, go figure. But uh, there's a lot of diplomatic tension right now. There's a lot of diplomatic tension going on at the moment between the U.S. and Romania, and they're fighting. They're fighting about what they should do with the information that they have. They found this room that had uh, holograms and this ancient text that would show you the history of mankind and the history of Earth, massive tables and chairs that were built for people much taller than us. Uh, Crazy stuff, guys. Crazy stuff. And uh, they found this monoatomic gold. And that's supposed to make you live until you're a a thousand years old. So they found all kinds of uh, wild, wild stuff in there. And it was like groundbreaking. They figured the room was 50,000 years old. And that it was created, obviously, by a highly advanced being. I just had, oh, right here. Uh, So 
That must be no. That's the tunnel in this the Sphinx. I'm pretty sure. I just wanted to show you guys something. Okay, no, the transversal section of the mountain room. I have pictures here laid out of what these rooms look like that I say they have discovered. So this is how it looks. It says, okay, you guys see that? Why is it always like that? Let me look on the film. Can't see it, can you? I understand. Uh, so I guess you can't see it. I apologize. If you guys go check out, uh, maybe I'll try and get it on the video or something like that. But if you guys want to, just follow along. Go to hiddenfromhumanity.com and start at the projection room PDF. Pay, the page would be, yeah, it's like, it's the third section down. It breaks it down into sections. Diplomatic uh, tensions was the second one. And then ground penetrating radar was the first. So we got through diplomatic tensions and it's the projection room. So check it out. Follow along because it is crazy, crazy stuff. And if it holds true, I definitely got some uh, pretty crazy revelations to, to make to you guys because holy shit. Wild, 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 wild. Just got to do a little more research on the other end. So the projection room. All right. This is how they explain it. This is the actual spherical room that was being guarded. So here I have a, these excerpts are between, I want to say an archaeologist and a general Caesar. So this is how everything went down. So it says, Caesar told me to step forward. The big gallery ended suddenly in a gigantic room inside the mountain. It was about 30 meters high and approximately 100 meters long. So that's significant. That's a pretty good sized room. You know, 100 meters is quite a ways. 300 feet and 90 feet tall. So, wow. Yeah. The projection room was practically enclosed by the energy shield. It had smaller dimensions than those of the mountain room. The energy shield was smaller. So there was a gap an air gap between the top of the uh, ceiling to the energy shield. It was only about 20 meters high, maybe a touch more. The energy shield's role was to divide the room like a wall for the rest of the cavity in the mountain and also to protect from exterior or bad influences. Interesting. So maybe, you know, somehow that mountain gets trashed or gets, you know, hit by a nuke or whatever. That energy shield is going to survive, I imagine, which is crazy. So, it has only one way of unconditioned access, like a door, right in front of you. So, that door would be from the hall, which they said the halls were like marble, polished floor, brand new. They looked brand new, even though they were almost 50,000 years old. I saw a display of three huge tunnel entrances. One right in front and the other two symmetrically on each side. They were vaguely lit by a green light. From that distance, I could not clearly notice the details, although I saw other devices were around each of the three tunnels. Still, I noticed each of the tunnels were guarded by two soldiers like at the entrance in the big gallery. Puzzled, I turned toward Caesar. Do you install security systems here too? Why? Where do these tunnels go? 
This is the area to which you do not have access. This is strictly forbidden. Though through the secret protocol signed by the Romanian state and the United States. So the tunnels were unaccessible signed between the United States and Romania. I can give you some general information about this, but certain things have to remain a secret, at least for some time now. Let's start from here, Caesar said, pointing somewhere at my right. I turned and saw a huge line of T-shaped tables made of stone and lined up against the wall. Following its curve, none of these tablets were short, shorter than two, many, two meters high. Or tables, sorry, excuse me. None of these tables were shorter than two meters high. So you're talking six feet, the, the tabletop was, as tall as uh, just a lot of people. So that's quite... And it's quite high. So then you're going to, then now he starts talking about the transversal section of the mountain room. Different signs of an unknown writing that looked like ancient arrowheaded characters were cut three dimensionally into the thickness of the tabletop. There was only one such line of signs on each table's width. The writing was complicated, but it also contained general symbols like triangles and circles. Although the signs were not painted, they would still be noticeable due to a slight luminous radiation. Interesting differently colored for each table there were five tables on each side of the room on some of them i could see different objects of unknown use they look like technical tools for scientific use several white translucent wires descended from many of them gathering in rectangular boxes situated outside the table and on the ground the boxes were made of a shiny silver metal that could not be scratched interesting i tried to move one of them but it was well too anchored to the ground the delicate cables were extremely flexible and light, and inside you could see small, bright impulses that would slide along their whole length. Hmm. Two of the tables were empty, covered by a thin layer of orange dust. Caesar told me they drew many sam they drew samples from it, and that it had been sent for preliminary analysis to the lab inside the base, but they had not received any results. But the real surprise was the distinct element that made the research team give the name "projection room" to that huge mountain room. When I passed by a table, a holographic projection presenting aspects from a certain scientific domain was simultaneously activated on its surface. Cool. The three-dimensionally colored images were perfect and very big, almost two and a half meters high. Wow. So the projection, the holograms were, you know, seven, eight feet tall. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Because the tables were tall, I could not see where the source of the hologram projection was coming from. I found out from Caesar that the rectangular surface of the smooth stone table had a tight opening in the middle that was several centimeters long and parallel to the longest side of the table. The holographic projections appeared from there. Weird. The technology used was great, said Caesar. The projections appeared by themselves, but at the same time, they are interactive and depend on the one who watches them and touches the surface of the table. What? Wild. So depending on who it was, the hologram would actually, almost like AI, you know. I went to a table that had some three-legged steps brought by the base teams, and I went up a couple of steps until my body was above the table. It was almost five meters long and one and a half meters wide. It was covered by a film made of a glass-like material, which was not transparent but dark. I could see my head and my body reflecting as in a mirror on the surface of that shiny, dark, and blue smoky film. The film was split into several big squares 
marked by straight horizontal and vertical lines that formed a kind of frame. The rays that formed the hologram went out to the central went out the central slot in a perfectly coherent beam. Apparently, its domain was biology as images of plants and animals scrolled in front of my eyes, some of them being totally unknown to me. I slightly touched one of the squares, which was the biggest, and the hologram began presenting me anatomical structure of the human body. Actually, I soon realized it was my body because of a certain mark I had on my arm. Although I was not moving, I saw the holographic images of certain areas of my body spinning continuously and being presented from different angles. If I had lifted the finger off that square, the images of plants and animals would reappear. If I moved the finger inside the square, the image would release the inside of my body, or would read the inside of my body, thus offering the projection of my internal organs. What? According to my finger's position on the surface of the square, I noticed that moving the finger in a certain way magnified the examined area. So a lot like our tablet technology, but way crazier. Many, uh, my amazement was boundless as I zoomed into extremely tiny dimensions passing over individual cells, their nucleus, and reaching the molecular area. I thought I was dreaming, but I really saw a molecule that was part of my own liver and was shown in a huge dimension. In a few moments, I had gone way beyond even the most, beyond even the most dared dreams of the modern scientists. The image presented a kind of cloud of energy that changed its color continuously probably because of internet energetic changes that took place in real time. But in its different points, I noticed a kind of condensation linked by a kind of bridge that vibrated continuously. I thought that maybe those were the molecular chains. When I zoomed into the nuclear area, the image caught one of the atoms, but it became unstable and blocked. I then saw what I thought to be an atom as a vague energy mist with a very small bright center slash heart. Amazed, I touched other squares. Each time I touched one, the square lit in orange and signs of the unknown writing appeared inside of it. <laughs> Excuse me. Fascinated, I went over several squares, watching the incredible, incredible projections of life on other celestial bodies. I noticed that if I simultaneously touched two surfaces of two different squares, the holographic image would render a very complex scientific analysis, presenting the DNA molecules of those beings and the compatible possibilities between them. The images were accompanied by sideways vertical lines of that strange writing, which were probably observations, comments, or indications regarding the analysis made. These were dynamic and presented in a series as the possible faces of mixing the two life forms. Wild. In the end, the most probable mutant form appeared as a combination of genetic data. I went downstairs shaking. My mind refused to think coherently. Strange thoughts appeared in my mind like I was like I was being set up or everything was a dream. Realizing what was happening to me, Caesar gradually calmed down on my paranoid tendencies or clammed down, excuse me. Clammed down on my paranoid tendencies that had been triggered by the very strong shock I felt as a result of the advanced technology I had accessed in such a very short period of time. After a couple minutes, I recovered. You can spend years here without getting bored, I exclaimed. I cannot believe they reached such an advanced technological level. Who are they? We, you must know. When Caesar answered, he was very serious. No matter how weird it would seem to you, 
we have no clue up to this moment. It is as if they wanted to leave us this invaluable treasure, but did not want us to know who they are. The only aspect we can suspect is that they were probably very tall. We cannot otherwise explain the gigantic dimension dimensions of some objects in here. You can be proud, though, that you have been the first to thoroughly investigate the biology table for the last 50,000 years. I was impressed by the crossing method. It is interesting as our researchers have not found the method of simultaneously touching two squares yet. Nice. It is also true that we had to do a lot of things in a very short period of time. In the end, there have been five or six days since we got into this room and only three days of actual studying. We went further on each side of the room halfway. There were five huge tables situated seven meters away from the first energy or from the energy shield. Excuse me. I passed over each quickly as Caesar told me my presence there was limited. Besides the fact that I was there was the result of a really special request of General Obadiah that even Caesar could not have made. There were five Romanians and three Americans in the projection room. The three giant tunnels behind the room were each guarded by a pair of soldiers while two officers secured the overall surveillance of the room. The instruction is that they do not touch or move anything when they are alone. Caesar explained to me. All right, but what are they protecting here? Better said from whom, I asked. This is protocol. In addition, as I told you, there are some elements I cannot tell you, but they are linked to these secure measures. So what he's talking about there may be what I kind of cracked the code of, but I don't know for sure. We'll see. I continued my rapid investigations over each table. There were projections from physics, cosmology, astronomy, architecture, technology, religion, and a domain representing the characteristics of several races of intelligent beings that did not look entirely human. I quickly understood the information was so vast that many groups of researchers needed several years to study it continuously without fear of finishing it. Everything seemed to be a great library of the universe, brilliantly synthesized by an enigmatic civilization that was extremely advanced technically and spiritually. I then went towards the center of